prayer works because God answers prayer. And God has ordained that if we are to receive things from Him, we must pray for those things. So if prayer isn't working, what, what's wrong? What are some of the things that you've got to check? And so the book of James is a small book in the Bible, but it's, it's a really interesting book because it reads sort of like a troubleshooting guide for prayer. I want you to see this. Look, look at the, the verses 2 through 4 of chapter 1 right there. That is a great promise, right? You count it all joy when you meet various uh, trials of various kinds. You know, man, there's this confidence that, that I am going through a hard time, but, but God is testing my faith and He's producing steadfastness, which means the more it goes on, the stronger I get in what the Lord is producing in me. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. God is working maturity in me. So that's how the book begins with this great promise. Now, look at how the book ends, James chapter 5. Effective prayer. You, you see an example of people who are they're suffering and they're getting together. They're confessing their sin. And Man, there's people being healed. There's people being risen. There's people who have strayed in their faith. They're being reclaimed and they're coming back to the Lord. Wow. The, the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous man avail much. And you see this great promise in the beginning. And you see these effective prayers in the end. And in between the book of James is about four or five passages, depending on how you cut them, that are written in such a way that if this is not going on in your life, it must be because of these things. And if these things are happening in your life, well, then you sure can't expect these things from God. It's, it's very black and white. It's very cut and dry. If this isn't working, then check this. So the book of James becomes like a troubleshooting guide for prayer. Last week, we talked about if prayer isn't working, check your faith. It's not the amount of faith. It's faith is right belief, right? It's believing in the Lord the right way. You can't be an unstable, double-minded person. You're, you're hot on God one day. You're cold on God the next day. You're excited about the Lord. Then you're mad at God. Man, he, the Lord, He gives wisdom to all who seek generously without reproach. He doesn't give you bad things. He doesn't lead you into temptation. If those things are going, don't you dare think that stuff comes from God. So check your faith. It's not the amount of belief, but it's the right belief, right? So check that first. And then next week, we're going to talk about your relationships, the way you're treating people, the way you're talking about people. Or is there so much anger, just an entanglement between your relationships, not only with people in your family, people in church? And maybe there needs to be some forgiveness and ministry and healing that takes place in those relationships because that'll affect your prayer life. And then unconfessed sin. If you... Harbor sin, that's going to affect your prayer life. And so we need to check some of those things. And so today, let's talk about how we check our obedience. Check your obedience. If prayer isn't working, check your obedience. And obedience is about following instructions, right? So 
When you buy something or you build something or you're trying to fix something and, and you go and you get it at the store and they give you a set of instructions, let's just be honest for a moment. How important are those instructions to you? So a couple of years ago, our garbage disposal and our sink broke. It was leaking. So all right, thought I had to replace that thing. So I opened up cabinet door, right? And I looked up in there. I could see everything underneath that sink. And I thought, Psh, there's a cord. It's like a pipe. Thing looks like it just kind of comes with screws. Think I can fix that? Right? So, and I've told y'all, this, this sermon series reveals some of my repair skills. I struggle in this area, right? So, but you know what? I went to Lowe's and I bought brand new garbage disposal. But I didn't buy a garbage disposal like the one that broke. I bought one more powerful, bigger. The new garbage disposal is one horsepower shy of wood chipper, right? That, that's, that's the one I bought. I don't want to just put down mashed potatoes, man. I want tree limbs in my sink. You, you follow what I'm saying? So I bought that thing and I bought, brought it home and I took it out of the box. And right in the top of the box, there's, there's this plastic bag, had all these screws and stuff in it. And then I had this right here. And the sticker on top of that plastic bag said, read this first. <laughs> I mean, good grief. I mean, part of it's in French and part of it's in Spanish. I can't read that, right? I mean, but even the English stuff is a whole lot for me. And so I thought, I opened up that... Looked up in there again, I thought, Psh, I got this, man. And I know what y'all are thinking, but I got it in there. And it works. And it's worked for like the last three years. But I had a whole bunch of parts left over. I mean, a lot. And so... I, <laughs> So I've got this box in my garage. I grabbed it off the kind of the utility shelf this morning. And I wrote on the front of this box so I would know what it was. Parts I might have needed for garbage disposal, but chose not to use. If it breaks, probably need these parts, right? And I, and I put that on the shelf, well labeled right there, right? So the question is, how important are instructions, right? So let's think about how this translates into prayer. How important is the Word of God to prayer? Because a lot of people think they're two different things, right? It's, if you're thinking about your time you spend with God, you think of it in terms of, I read the Bible and I prayed. Or maybe you prayed and I read the Bible. And, and you think about it, maybe it's something that's in the same vicinity of one another, but two things that are kind of completely unrelated. And you're thinking, you know what? I need an answer to prayer. I don't need a Bible story. I don't need a verse. Like, I need God to do something. And so a lot of us think of answers to prayer kind of like somebody coming and installing the garbage disposal for you, right? If an answer to prayer ought to be that I pray about it and miraculously that garbage disposal gets from that box under my sink and God did it and we just all stand back and go, wow, 
And God can answer prayer like that. And he does. But most answers to prayer come with instructions. It's just like these instructions are not meant to be in the same room as all these parts, right? These parts are provided and these instructions tell you where to put them in what sequence. And the intention is they would go together. The same thing with prayer. God does not want you to read your Bible and pray. God wants you to pray Scripture, searching for the answers, reading the instructions, getting the insight into how He would have you to walk through the situation that you're in. He wants the Word of God to be involved. So how important are the instructions? Man, these are quality instructions. Look at verses 16 through 18 of the qualities of the Word of God. The Word of God is a good gift. It is a perfect gift. It is a gift that comes from above. It comes from the Father of lights. It's a, it's a revealing gift. It's not a deceptive gift. It's not a changing gift. What God says in His Word today will work 100 years from now. If God told you yesterday, it's what He wants you to do today. He doesn't change like a person does. God doesn't, He's not emotional in the sense of He feels one thing one day and one thing the next. The Word of God is settled. Hey, listen, look at, look at verse 18. Now think about this exciting possibility you've already experienced in your life and how it translates into things that you're praying about in, in your daily life. Of His own will, the Word of God is the will of God. He brought us forth by the word of truth. The word of God is the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. He created the world by his word. He took nothing and turned it into something. He took chaos and turned it into order. By the word of God, what an exciting possibility for God to birth something that is distinctly him as he works in your life by the word of God. But listen, as you pray, you need to Follow the instructions. And when you follow the instructions God gives you in prayer, the quality of it is so much different than what you could do yourself. Because look at this passage of the, of the quality that humans produce in things. Humans produce, verse 19, anger. Humans produce confusion because we speak over things. We're not listening to the situation. We, we lack knowledge, and so we just try to talk to get control. Humans put their hands to things, and it becomes filthy. Verse 21, wicked, deceptive. Verse 26 and 27, humans produce empty religion. It's ineffective. It's hypocritical. Man, you can see all the things that humans might do when humans get involved. So the question is, would you rather follow the quality instructions of the Word of God or would you rather get yourself involved where a lot of things can go wrong? So I got the, I got the garbage disposal in there and it works. It works, y'all. But we all know <laughs> the chances of it breaking long before it was supposed to, are very high. 
The chances of it falling out one day are very high. The chances of it exploding one day are very high. And you know what I'm going to do when it breaks down, right? I'm going to, hey, right here, answer line in Syncorator, 1-800-558-5700. I'm going to call them right there. I'm going to call them. Hey, I bought this in Syncorator up at Lowe's. It's got a three-year warranty on it. And I don't, it, it's broken, and I don't understand why it's not working. Uh, sir, could you take a picture of how you mounted the flux capacitor? Uh, <laughs> well, and you take a picture, and, and they go, hey, you, you used the mount for the old one. You didn't use the one we provided for you, so the... Warranty is voided, right? I, you know, this, this is a pretty important part of the whole thing. So what voids the warranty when it comes to prayer? It's right here in, in, the, in verse 20. Here's how you void the warranty. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. you got to follow the instructions. The Word of God is not intuition. It's revelation. It doesn't come naturally from man. It comes revealed from God. The Word of God is inspiration. It's not inspiration, but it's divine instruction. It's not suggestions to be considered, but commands to obey. It's not a word about God. It is the Word of of God, and if you want to void the warranty, do it your way by anger. Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So let's break that statement down there for just a moment, because that statement is so insightful about prayer, the righteousness of God. If you read through Scripture, you'll see a lot of Scripture that talks about the righteousness of God. What is that? The righteousness of God is a world gone wrong. It's God making it right. Where there's injustice, God wants to make it just. And so all the, where, where it doesn't please God, God wants it to please Him. That's the righteousness of God. It's not only the right thing, but it's doing it the right way. And here's what's really interesting about that phrase and the original language. It, it kind of sits down on three things. The righteousness of God is the source. It's a righteousness and a rightness in a situation only God can give. It's the standard. It's the righteousness God requires. You, you can only, you cannot reach the standard of God through the anger of man. And I love this. The righteousness of God is his working. It's the experience of seeing God work in a situation to bring it to righteousness. And the only way that happens is by following the instructions. It doesn't happen by the anger of man. Now, I know what you're thinking about the anger of man. The anger of man is what you do when the washing machine works or, or it stops working, right? You kick it. Golly, boo, right? Did that fix it? <laughs> Probably not, right? The anger of man does not fix washing machines and it doesn't produce the righteousness of God, right? You can kick it, you can say bad words about it, whatever, but the anger of man doesn't fix it. It doesn't work in prayer either. 
And understand, anger is not just kicking things. Anger is ultimately controlling things. Anger is putting yourself as the standard. It's because I'm not at peace. It's because the situation doesn't please me. It's because I've lost control or I don't have what I need or I don't have what I want. That's what anger does. Anger puts you at the standard of everybody else to appease you. They've got to do these things. Listen, guys, we're not praying about God producing the anger of man. We're praying about God producing the righteousness of God in your situation. The difference in praying about the anger of man and the righteousness of God is the difference in praying for a 100-meter dash and a marathon. And I think a lot of us are just praying for 100-meter dashes because we just want our world to be better. Just give me what I need, fix the situation, bring it to peace. God, just give me the garbage. Just put the garbage disposal in, right? And so we're praying so far short of what the Lord really wants to do in the situation he's, he's allowing in your life. So I want to encourage you to first of all evaluate, are you praying about things that you're just angry about, disturbed about, not in control of, things that you just think you've got to have? That's so far short of the righteousness of God. And man, if you want to put it in this category over here where, where God is working, you got to follow the instructions for as long as it takes for Him to bring about His righteousness. Woo! So, your prayer life looks more like this. Instead of, I read the Bible and I prayed, your prayer life looks more like, I'm praying and I'm searching the Scripture for the answers I need. The Lord who gives that illumination through His wisdom. Notice, notice they're not in chapter 1 praying to get out of the situation. They're just asking for the wisdom that God gives to help them through it. So God is generously providing me this wisdom, man. There's things coming out in the Word of God. Now begin to have conversations with God about what you see in His Word. Start to have conversations with God about your attitude about these things, about the faith that you need to do those things, about the provision you need. Maybe you see something in the Word of God and you think, man, that's what's lacking, God. I need that from you. Now you're going to see God really start to work in your prayer life as you begin to follow, not just looking for the garbage disposal to be installed, but man, you're following the instructions along the way that He gives you where every part He provides goes in the sequence. That's so important. So let's think about how this works. Man, I'm, I need, I've got a situation I'm really angry about or it's really disturbing me and I need God to work in my family in this situation and I don't understand why God's not working in this situation in my family. Prayer is not working. Here's my question. Do you follow what the Word of God says about how you manage your money? Lord, I don't understand why you're allowing these things to happen in my life and I'm praying about these things in my job and, and man, it's, it stresses me out all day at work and I don't understand why you're not working in that. Are you paying attention to what the Bible says about what goes on in your home? About how you treat your wife? 
God, this person's so angry and every day I'm around this person, it just absolutely unwinds me. And Lord, I can't understand why you don't change their attitude. Do you pay attention to what the Bible says about your attitude? You see, as you pray, God gives you not only the parts that you need, but man, he gives you the instruction on where to put them in sequence and where they go. And now all of a sudden, the, not the anger of man is produced, but now the righteousness of God is produced. So your prayer life looks, needs to look like more like you getting ready every day in front of a mirror, right? This is where verse 22 comes in. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone's a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently his natural face in the mirror. He looks at himself and goes away. Forget what kind of man he's like. But once he looks in the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he'll be blessed in his doing. It's a picture of you standing in front of a mirror. You just got out of the bed. Your hair's all over the place. You look all nappy and nasty, right? And you stare in that mirror because that mirror is telling you what you need to fix. And so you begin working step by step to clean things up, to wipe things off, to put things back in place, to get yourself presentable, right? The longer you look in the mirror, the more it tells you what needs to happen. That needs to be your time with God. I'm looking in the mirror. This is the mirror. Every day I look at it for what needs to be wiped off, what needs to be fixed, what instruction would God give, what would He have me to move, right? And I'm not just reading the Bible. Listen, a lot of people have a Bible reading plan. But do you have a Bible doing plan? You don't want you to just be a hearer only, but a doer. So you see it and you fix it. And every single day, you're following the instructions step by step. The things the Lord provides, you're putting them in the place. Man, it's not only working in that situation, but can you imagine if God started working in your attitude and you became Christ-like and forgiving and loving, how that might affect that really horrible person in your life? Because understand, God's not just, God's not just about providing things. He's about producing steadfastness in the trial. So think about this right here. How many people in this church have we prayed about certain things, asked God for certain things? It was really critical in their life, man. They had to have it. And we prayed about it and we joined them in prayer and they got it. And now you don't see them anymore. That's not steadfast. You see, all they got was something to appease their anger. Their sense of control, what they thought they wanted. God's not, God's trying to produce a righteous result that produces steadfastness in your life. Look at the end of the chapter. Look at the righteousness of God produced in this. Verse 26. If anyone thinks that he is religious and he doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. And boy, we've produced enough of how this is going to sound critical, but it's true, even here. How many church services have we been to where we sang, where we prayed, where we preached, and it was worthless to really change anything? It did not produce the righteousness of God. All it did was appease the anger of man. Well, man, I really enjoyed the service. Who cares? 
Man, this world is wrecked in sin. Just because you like those three songs, do you think the world it made any difference in the world? Boy, if we could grab a hold of a holy God who is all-powerful, man. The righteousness of God. The anger of man produces worthless religion. But look at this, verse 27. Religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Now, he's not saying if you'll visit the orphans and the widows, do those two things, then he'll answer your prayers. That's not the point. What he's demonstrating for you is how the righteousness of God has produced a praying person, look, who is now self-controlled. They bridle their tongue. They're slow to speak, swift to hear. They receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save their soul. They're selfless. You see, it's not just about my needs, but man, now I begin to see orphans and widows in the world. And, and maybe that person does drive me crazy, but really it's not about me. What's going on in them? That person becomes sacrificial. That person becomes effective. That person becomes holy. And God uses a person who is praying for the righteousness of God who would follow the instructions God provides different parts along the way and He tells you exactly where they go. And you know what? That project may take a while, but it'll be so much more effective with all the parts there than what you could produce in your own anger. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If prayer isn't working, check your obedience. Are you doing what God says in His Word? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a moment? So here's what we're going to do. Linda's going to come and help us. She's going to play and sing for a minute. We're going to do about a verse and a chorus. We're going to open up the altar. I'm going to pray over you. Some of the things in, in James chapter 1, verses, uh, verses 16 through 27 that we just preached through. But if you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm not obeying the word. Maybe I am just praying for things that just make me angry and just make my world better. But man, I want to see the righteousness of God produced in these situations. Lord, open my eyes to bigger things to pray about. You come and well, let's pray this over you. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. There'll be people who just stand here in the altar that you come to them. They'll take the word. They'll show you how to be saved. For the rest of us, just come and maybe there's other things on your heart you pray about. Give you just a minute to get down here. We'll pray over you and we'll be dismissed today to go about our days. Or are you praying about things that just make you angry? Or are you praying following the instructions that would produce the righteousness of God in your situation? So Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you help us to aim a little higher in, in prayer. Help us to pay attention to the instructions. They're, they're really quality. They're very important. And Lord, we produce filthy, wicked, deceptive, empty religious solutions to things. But we want to see only the ways only you can work righteousness in our prayer life. And so Father, help us to connect the Word of God to our prayer life today. As we open up this altar, Lord, I pray you work in hearts. Show us the next step to take. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. If you want to be a part of this prayer, you can.